Stephanie, your name is Robin. We don't want to wait because this is torturous to watch. So <laughs> let's get this over with. Hey, we got good news today. Did you see that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Which you know, I, we figured it was the you know the Veronica Mars thing was they never you know, you know they 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 put these rumors out there to get you excited yeah. just to see you know. But it's, it's official it, now. It's official now. And uh, so that's good. Yeah. Because we have plans. We have lots of plans. So. Too many plans. Too many plans. Not enough time. Mm-mm. Blessed Stupid be the fruit. Jobs. Yes. May the Lord open. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to discuss the beginning of season two, the first five episodes. We cruised through five of them because um, there are uh, 13 episodes in the season. Which is not evenly dividable. So the next two weeks we'll be do- we'll be talking about four and four. So this week we're talking June on women baggage, other women <laughs> seeds. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to take a swig of a pumpkin pie hard cider. Good luck. That is interesting. <laughs> I'm going to set that down. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about June. Uh, As usual, I have the flashbacks first. Okay. um, So this is the one where um, Luke uh, has to sign for June's birth control, and they realize that they want to have another child. Yeah, this was was real interesting because it was in – it it was mirroring what was going on in the – Current time, the current timeline mm. where June doesn't have any say so over herself being pregnant. Right. Like she's really flipping out because she's like, I'm pregnant and I don't want to be and I don't have any say so and I have no control. Mm-hmm. And so in the, her past life, she could decide, I don't, you know, let's just don't get the birth control pills to re- refilled. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the uh, seeds of Gilead are slowly taken over. Uh, June gets a call at work and finds out that, that she sent Hannah to school with a fever, which is a huge no-no now. Because, uh, um, you know, there's the fertility rates must be going down, and they're being really um, careful with kids getting sick. They have to be- and, yeah, and we can relate to this because, you know, all parents have to go through this. Okay, the kid is going to get sick at the worst time. Yeah. It, who's going to take off work? Who's going to call in sick to work to take care of the kid? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just what all parents have to deal with. But now it's a big deal because, oh, she sent the child to school knowing right. that she had a fever. So at the hospital, she, she gets, gets interrogated. Yes. Oh, God. So infuriating. <laughs> and the nurse refuses to call her by her maiden name. Like She goes by her maiden name, mm. but the nurse keeps calling her Luke's name. Mrs. Bankle. 
Mm. Which is just a terrible last name. <laughs> Bankhole. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, like, imagine, like, sending your kid to school and finding out, A, uh, she's got a fever, and B, we sent, we put her in an ambulance and sent her to the hospital by herself, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. So she, they bring Hannah back home. She, you know, luckily doesn't lose her child to <laughs> child services or something. That's how serious it seemed to be getting. And uh, right when um, uh, they're tucking Hannah in, all of a sudden there's news of the Congress getting shot up and an explosion at the White House. And June is kind of torn between wanting to see what the hell is going on. And like her poor daughter is just like, please lay with me, mommy. Mm-hmm. So, so those are the flashbacks. Let's get into holy cow, the most terrifying season opening. I, I, I can't think of one that equates to how freaking terrifying this, this is. Yeah. I was like thinking the whole time. Oh, Nick said to trust him. Nick says, it's, so I was, I was thinking, you know, they can't kill off all the, half of the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, Nick knows something and, and I figured it was just to scare them because they didn't, Go through with Stone and Janine. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know if Nick knew this part of it because this is. I mean, how how could he possibly put her in that van if he knew that she was going to get tr- like this horrible trauma? Okay, so there, she's gagged. She's rounded up with all the handmaids. There, all these angry dogs are barking at them. They're all like all in like a group and just shoved through dimly lit hallways. And suddenly we see that like it's Fenway Park and all this grimness, you know. And there's this giant gallows, and um, um, I had to. They go through a lot of trouble just to scare them. Yeah, <laughs> they all get nooses around them, and then someone screams, "By his hand!" And a pl- the platform just drops like a couple feet, <laughs> which scares the shit out of them. Yeah. Um, they really um got this incredibly powerful moment though, like just heart wrenching. They play um. Uh, as Alfred's in the news looking around and seeing every, all the, all the women around her crying and terrified. Um, they play the Kate Bush song, This Woman's Work. Uh huh. Um, this song was used for a childbirth scene, uh, at the end of She's Having a Baby, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, even, even more trivia about that, the lead actress of that film, Elizabeth McGovern, um, she was in the uh, film version of The Handmaid's Tale, and she played Moira. <laughs> oh, wow. So this is this whole kind of connection. But uh, I, I, even without that trivia, the song, like just the silence and the, the, you know, the Kate Bush's voice just uh, is very like, oh, my God. I like, felt like crying watching this. I was so scared for her. I mean, I knew they're not going to kill off the lead character, but still, it's just like, what is going to happen? Yeah. And I'm sure – I mean, I'm not a baseball fan, but I'm sure for like Bostonians and and baseball fans that that's very um, heart. It's very conflicting because you have such warm feelings about Fenway Park mm-hmm. and baseball and what it's supposed to, what baseball means for for this country. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm about to cry, even though I'm not like a baseball fan. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just the. Um, the history of baseball and the exuberance and of watching a sporting event. And then it's turned into this. Um, yeah, it is so like, man, I, I was thinking like, I remember watching first season of Handmaid's Tale and being like, 
All right. Well, that was that was rough. Do I really want to watch season two? And then I popped this episode on, and I was just like, "Oh my god! Like, oh my god!" Um, you know, it's, it's terrifying. Like, what else can they do to Jean to torture her? Oh, so much more. So so much more. So Aunt Lydia steps out. She says, "You've got to love God with all your heart, obey His word, and the word of His servants here on Earth, men, and uh, or you're going to feel the pain of His judgment." And then June's got this great voiceover where, she, where she's like, "Our Father who art in heaven." Seriously, what the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're they're brought to more torture, which is you know as a revenge of the whole dropping the stone. They have to stand in the rain and hold rocks, and then um, and Lydia's calling them spoiled and shocking them in the rain. And then all of a sudden, she gets the news that Alfred's been keeping a secret. Mm. So she takes her inside. Um, and then she, she's like gleefully and maniacally starts ringing this bell. And they showed, I just noted this great overhead shot of the rain coming down on the handmaids all standing in circles, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lydia is giving Offred soup. Offred's refusing the soup. Um, Lydia says, it's time to stop the theatrics. It's a waste of energy. Now Janine's going to the colonies and the rest of the handmaids are going to suffer because of Offred, but not Offred because she's the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have, you could have chose to give her a quick merciful death, but you chose not to. Now she's going to have, it's going to be drug out and mm-hmm. cruel. Just try, just, just being so emotional, you know, just cruel to Alfred. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I, I'm just like reading this and just thinking about like, wow, it's just like so many different stages of cruelty, you know, lead to her being broken a few episodes away. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, so, yeah, she brings her to see Av Wyatt, who is pregnant and chained to a small living space in the dark. And it, she's there for her own protection. She tried to kill herself with drain cleaner. Mm-hmm. That's when Alfred decides to eat, but even more torture. Uh, the handmaids are all lined up, and their hands are burned one by one, starting with. Oh, Alma. that was terrible. Well, what what they did? <coughs> excuse me. What they did was they took her Alma's hand, handcuffed it to the stove eye, and then turned the eye on. Mm. Yeah, so terrible. you know it's coming, and and the terror of just Alma like begging for mercy, like yeah, I won't screaming. ever do anything, you know. Yeah. And then everybody, all the other handmaids outside the kitchen area, out in the eight dining area, just know that they're next. Right. And yeah, that's, oh, Alfred has yeah. this weird reaction where she just like suddenly just takes a spoonful of soup and continues to stare forward like she's not yeah, going to be broken by this. Yeah, like uh, I've got to do what i got to do to take care of me. Yeah. So we go to the doctor's office. We see Serena, who says her smart girl bullshit is over. And uh, and Alfred says, don't get upset, Serena. You'll upset the baby. <laughs> uh, so once the baby's shown to be okay, that's when Serena puts on the sweetness and gives her a kiss on the forehead. Everyone leaves, and, the guardian, and a guardian there says, Godspeed, June. So she mm. finds a key in her boot, which leads from one red dot to another, and suddenly she's inside a refrigerated truck. Yay! Yeah. Were you expecting uh, yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. That was really quick. Yeah. Uh, which and you're just waiting for her to get caught any second. <laughs> what is she gonna? What mistake is she gonna make? Mm-hmm. What, uh, you know, just coincidence is gonna happen to get her caught? Oh, it's just it's torturous. So it's I'm torturous wondering, you know, so 
maybe Nick thought that they were bringing her to the hospital, you know, to check her mm, out. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe because so. this, this is Nick's thing. He set this up. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's at this corporate building. Uh, Nick is waiting there. She, he tells her to take off her clothes and cut her hair. And there's this great powerful scene of her burning the, the, the red dress. But mm-hmm. there's still one thing left. <laughs> the freaking tag. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh my god Couldn't she have gotten I don't know, like a pair of pliers or something Like, just to cut well, Through well, your own ear Yeah, well, all I could think was She had to get it out quick It had to be It had to be then Yeah, I know Because they would have found her Well, I don't know if it was like because there's a tra- I, I don't think there's a tracker in, in there Or anything like that It's more like she was just like I am so effing done, you know Mm-hmm She's so defiant in it, and just the, it's so gory. Like, the blood just pours down the front of her white slip. Mm-hmm. But then the episode ends with her saying, I am free. And we all go, we'll, <sighs> we'll see, June. Yeah, for how long? <laughs> all right. Uh, we're cruising along. Okay, so, on women, uh, the flashback is Emily. And I got to say, it's nice to see Alexis Bledel looking like herself again. We have Professor mm-hmm. Rory Gilmore here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I forget who this character actor is. It plays Dan, the the other the teacher or like her boss or something. But he's, oh, he's John Carroll Lynch. That's right. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah, of course. He comes in like last year, or it might have been two years ago. He had a an, an episode of The Walking Dead that was where he just came in oh, for yeah. one episode the as Morgan a guest. Episode, yeah. And then it was like in the same week or maybe the next week, he had an episode of American Horror Story. Oh, right, right. Where he was, he is always phenomenal. But it was just so weird. Okay, him and Marissa Tomei were both in this episode just to be guest. Yeah. Guest uh, actors. That must be how like episode. prestigious the show is. I mean, it won so many awards in the first season. It didn't mm-hmm. didn't repeat that in the second season, but <laughs> at least Moira uh, got an award. Samira Wiley. Oh, did she? Oh, that's wonderful. She I'm got so the, like, glad guest she did. One, yeah. That's wonderful because that's uh, maybe I wonder if I won the pool that I was in. Um, I can see why they didn't win for second season. Can you? You've only seen five episodes. And actually, the one that it's not as good. The one that Samira Wiley won for, we you haven't even seen yet. Oh, really? Yep. Well, for me, she won for ugh, just. I mean, she just <laughs> breaks my heart every time I see her. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she season wasn't. Two I'm, doesn't seem to be. I can you can tell Reed Moreno. Yeah. Marino Reed. You can tell she's gone. Right. Right. It's a totally different feel. Interesting. It's. A little off. It's not as good. Like this whole time that she spent in the Boston Globe. I guess that's the next episode. Yeah, I was bored. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm. I'm. Uh, anytime we're shown something new outside of the Waterford House, that's what I'm like. What's going on? What? How? How did this whole thing affect this part of? It just went on way too long. Interesting. Okay. All right. Back to the. Uh, back to the uh, flashback. Okay. So. Dan t- breaks it to, uh, I'm going to keep calling her Rory, even though I never watched Gilmore Girls. It's just, I know her as Rory for some reason. Emily, uh, that she's not going to be teaching anymore, but yay, she gets more lab time. You'd be happy about that. Um, and then it turns yeah, out. Well, it, what had happened was a female student was made to feel 
uh, inferior by a male student. She told her, you know, you definitely belong here. And that student saw her wife and child on picture on her phone right. and turned her in. Yeah. Up to and eight, um, pumpkin pie hard cider is really gross. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, I want something pumpkin spice, but not not a lot. It's mm. Sometimes it can be too strong. I had a pumpkin beer, and that wasn't bad. And I was hoping to get something like that, but man, it like cider pumpkin pie? No. Yeah, I'm done with this. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then he tells Emily that... He's hid all of the pictures of him and his husband, a yeah. boyfriend. And she said, Oh, I thought you just had a fight. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so they have this conversation about how they're pushing him back into the closet. And, and there's a real pain to his performance where you, you know, he's kind of mentions how much hell he went through and how he's not looking forward to that again. And for her as well, which is. Yeah, because he's older. Yeah. He's of an older generation than, than yeah. she is. Well, he fought for so much and then now it's, now it's, now it's going back to the old ways again. And later we see that, uh, he was, he's hung up in the can- campus with the, the bad F word spray painted on the ground beneath him. So I'm wondering, do you think he a hung himself and then somebody spray painted the word or he was murdered? See, I don't know because yeah. I, I, I I've, I've, I've considered both and I don't, I have no idea. Uh, so we go to the next flashback and you forgot we had a, a yet another guest star in here. We have the lovely Clea Duvall playing Emily's oh. wife. Oh yeah. Not like a huge part, but she, you know, she lends a lot of credibility with her performances, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. And who, who stops them? No, it's ice. <laughs> uh, they're trying to travel to Canada, Canada together. Emily doesn't have a Canadian passport. She can't travel under her wife's visa because the government does not recognize gay marriage anymore. Just like, just like, uh, you know, a few hours ago, basically. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Yeah. It's like, this is all happening as they're en route. Yeah. And it, uh, this is scary. Like Emily gets like outraged and then just the ice officer just like shoves her back into her chair roughly. Like it's like, no, that's not going to fly. We're done with, we're done with the customers. I was right. You know? Yeah. We're done. We're done with civil rights. Yep. We're done with, you know, we're just done with all that. And, um, so sadly Sylvia and Emily and Sylvia's daughter or son, Oliver have to leave without Emily, which is heartrending. And what's worse, I don't know what they did with this little child, but this cute little child just starts looking around confused, you know, as they're going up the escalator. And <laughs> it's so heartrending. Like he's probably like, where's my mom and dad? You know, like looking around. Yeah. Off like, camera. Where's my actual mom and dad? Yeah. Yeah. But it works. The fact that he's just like, what's going through this little child's mind? Like, you know, my other mommy is, is staying. Why am, why is she staying there? You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. And, uh, I just want to mention, um, in the pilot of Handmaids, uh, Emily does say to offer that, uh, she got caught at the airport. So mm-hmm. this must mean that as soon as she's left behind, like she is grabbed. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we get another part of the, uh, Gilead apocalypse and that's the colonies. Yeah. <laughs> See, I probably would have been. Happy not seeing the colonies. Oh, really? Was that? It just it just worked better in your imagination. Hmm. 
Um, it's it's kind of like midichlorians. <laughs> I was just wondering, like, what are they digging? I don't know what they're digging. I, I wish somebody would explain to me what they actually are trying to dig up. Are they trying to, like, bring up fresh soil? See, that's the thing. It would have just been better if they left a little mystery to yeah. it. All I know is it, it is, it's, you know, obviously, <laughs> this is why Moira picked Jezebel's. Um, <laughs> because this place is just the most hopeless, desolate horrible and and it looks like it just got it, it got hit by an atomic bomb there's something with toxic radiation in the air I like this is what hell looks like <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know we have all these you know i don't know they're marthas or guardians or whatever riding around on horses with the gas masks on and the cowboy hats and it looks so like i don't know, like cyberpunkish you know um but like all these poor women are just breathing this stuff in Mm-hmm. So, Their nails are coming off. Yeah. So Emily plays medic, and we meet Mrs. O'Connor, played by Marissa Tomei. And uh, I thought this was Jessica Hecht at first. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one seems to like her. We find out it's because she's a wife, and you know she like used her privilege to just just cheat on her husband and uh, and whatever. And but and uh, and so. She actually is sent to the colonies for adultery, which, wow, that's extreme, like, pun- I mean, obviously it's extreme punishment to send somebody to the colonies for being gay as well, but, um, yeah, so. Um, and the colonies, there's a lot of older women. Yeah. It's, they're unwomen because they're not useful as baby-making machines. Right. They're just, and, and that's. Kind of, when you get to be older and you're not seen as a, well, which when you're young, you're seen as just like a sex, you know, just a a sex object. Mm-hmm. But when you're older, you're not even seen as a sex object. Right. So that's, being a woman is, that's the, you know, you just, uh, there's no respect. No respect either way. No respect. So, uh, o- Mrs. O'Connor uh, is like, has like a cold or something. So uh, Emily gives her what she says is our antibiotics, and later uh, we realize that Emily poisoned her. Yeah, Emily was being nice to her, mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh, a wife showed me kindness once." And mm-hmm. you're wondering the whole time what is going on because this woman is very pious and she's praying and she's mm-hmm. speaking like all the wives do. Right, and everybody is just like rolling their eyes and staying away from her. <laughs> And yes, I mean, I was, uh, I was like, wow, you know, when Emily turns on her and says, this is because you held a woman down monthly as her husband, as your husband raped her. And then, uh, O'Connor like begs her to pray with her. And Emily's like, you should just die alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and walks away. And then like we see, uh, fabulous guest actress Marissa Tomei like cru- on, on a cross, hung on a cross outside. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Hey, uh, I really wanted to guess on The Handmaid's Tale. You got a roll for me? Oh, we got a roll for you, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very unglamorous, and then we're going to murder you slowly. <laughs> anyway, at the end of that, we see that the uh, the 
uh, that Janine showed up at the colonies. So yeah, yeah, and that's that's what we're waiting the whole episode. Because blah blah blah, that's what we're waiting for through the whole episode. Because we know Janine's headed there. I wasn't even thinking know. about that. Yeah. Oh, you weren't. I was. Surprised. Oh, I kept well, looking I mean, for. Her. I was. <laughs> I was like, is she there yet? Where's she at? Where, where's she? You know, where's Janine? So meanwhile, in June's world. Um, we have uh, – I love it. She gets this drop, dropped off of this very plain-speaking delivery guy. And she's like under his eye, like out of habit. And he's like, after a while, crocodile. <laughs> and so she wakes up the next morning on the set of Spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's a, that speaks, uh, you know, so loudly with the – through the episode, she really – you know, she sees this – this uh, shoe, this woman's shoe, mm-hmm. and then later she sees the woman's shoe under the deuces. So they have taken all the reporters at the Boston Globe and hung them. So or you know, executed them with you know firing lines because there's bullet holes and blood across the walls. Oh, that is true. Yeah, they took care That's of the true. lying fake news. Uh huh. That's how you get rid of the lying fake news. Yep. If they're going to print things against you, you might as well just take them out. So this is all, I mean, this may be part of why you might not think that the second season is as good as the first season, because this is all original story. This is not based on the book. So they, you know, I mean, I'm sure they were like, okay, what do we want to talk about that's kind of topical and, you know, and speaks to the story as well. And like, oh, how is the media taken care of in Gilead? And yeah, so... Um, so Nick shows up, almost gets hammered, <laughs> um, and, uh, she's, June is determined to just get Hannah and go north. She's, gra- she grabs his keys, gets in his car, and then realizes, not a good idea, so. Yeah, and also he says that he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> she, he's, he tells her to wait, she says, why? He said, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just winging it here. Yeah, and he's in love with her, so he just hands over his keys and his gun, and so they have some hot sex and then some more hot sex. And when Nick has had enough, she tells him just to try. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, wow. Uh, that was whew. okay. So, uh, the next we see June watching friends and drinking coffee. Um, and, um, just want to let you know that the episode she's watching was called the one with Phoebe's uterus. Um, it's all about Phoebe's oh. decision to become a surrogate mother for her brother and his wife. Oh, her decision. Yeah, she had a choice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it, what the episode showed was her slowly coming out of the 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 the, the shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of it all, I mean, it was just so hard to watch. And then she has a memorial service for the journalists mm-hmm. because you think, well. Uh, June is not religious. Uh, well, maybe she is. Maybe know. she's, yeah, maybe sh- her, uh, spiritual side is developing, you know, uh, along with all this. Yeah, almost like in a twisted way, it was, might have nur- been nurtured in the Red Center. Like she's used to like praying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go to. But for the right, in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> not the wrong way. All right. Let's go to baggage. Go to We're talking about June's baggage. And the uh, flashback, we meet uh, June's <sighs> mom, Holly, um, which uh, uh, they, young June and Holly go feed ducks feed ducks together, which means they're going to a rally. And yeah, her mother is a, a, a little radical. Yeah. 
They're throwing pieces of paper into a fire, which is all names of rapists written down. And she notes how, like, they're like snow. You know, there's so many pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you wonder, was her mother, right? Like, was June the product of a rape? Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. They never actually talk about her father, do they? They don't talk about her father. And her mother says, you know, June, you, know you were wanted. Yes. No, you were wanted. That's right. Holly, played by Cherry Jones, who is President Taylor in 24. She was in Sign. She was in The Village. She was in Black Mirror. Her character here reminds me of her character in Black Mirror, where she was uh, helping Bryce Dallas Howard. Remember that? She was like a truck driver. Bryce Dallas Howard. Was that the one where you get like the points on your social media? Yeah, she picks her up. And brings her to the wedding, tries to convince her that it's all nonsense. And that don't worry about it. She gave up on the app a long time ago. I don't know. Their character there reminded me of this one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so June and her mom are distant. June is in fancy duds and works for a book publisher. Holly's not impressed because she and her friends are still fighting the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, you know, Maura's making a, building a website about oh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. whatever June. She's, June is not radical and left-wing enough mm-hmm. feminist enough for mom and it's it's interesting how like you know you can see this as an active teenage rebellion to your parents like extreme leftist radical you're obviously going to rebel by being a, becoming a part of the system and mm. uh you know succeeding um and holly says that when june was young she wanted to be on the supreme court and june says <laughs> do you remember I wanted to marry no. Jordan Catalano too. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> uh, Holly is upset that June is settling. Doesn't want June to marry Luke. She's too young. She needs to get out on the street and fight and don't play house. And June is very hurt by this. And so this whole flashback culminates into uh, we flash forward to the Red Center where Aunt Lydia is showing a a slideshow about how we poisoned the world. And then we were shocked when the world started dying. And then in one slide, she sees her mother working in the colonies. Mm. And um, uh, June tells Moira she warned her mother that she wasn't being safe. And, uh, and then she says that she was right, but so is her mom. And Moira actually like says like, Hey, listen, she'll go fast in the colonies. Like she'll die. She'll die. It'll be quick. You know, but June says her mom wouldn't, she'd fight like hell. So do you think she's still alive? Uh, possibly. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So two months later, uh, it's been two months at the Boston Globe. She's jo- June is jogging. She's also like using newspaper clippings to like I don't know what she's doing. She's like charting the beginnings of Gilead. She's writing things like power structure, militarization, curtailment of civil rights. Yeah, see, I, I'm like, what? This doesn't matter because they're not showing us anything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the point she's, is. She's you can tell uh, she's starting to show. Yeah. Uh, Nick and June are pretty close. He says it's almost time to leave, but she doesn't want to go without Hannah. Um, so then, you know, like next day she gets a delivery guy shows up. He says, no, no deliveries to you, only deliveries of. And she says, is Nick coming? And he's like, who's Nick? (laughs) So we say goodbye, Boston Globe. And she's dropped off at a warehouse. 
There are tons of street signs that were taken down left and right. And I uh, love how she like kind of looks at this one about Salem. And um, we meet Omar, who asks if she's like a witch. <laughs> um, Omar, by the way, played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who, just so you know, he's playing Black Manta in Aquaman, the upcoming Aquaman movie. So, like, the bad guy. And uh, he's all, he was also in The Get Town. Did you ever watch that? The what? The Get Town. Like, Netflix is I, really expen- expensive hip-hop. Yeah, I, I, never, I never watched it. As soon as I heard it was canceled, I was like, eh, never mind. <laughs> well, you know, uh, who was the showrunner? Who did it? Ba- it was Baz Luhrmann. Oh, that's right. And yeah, that's what attracted me I'm, to it. I'm not a Baz Luhrmann fan. Oh, I like his stuff. I haven't seen Strictly Ballroom, but I like his other stuff. Well... I don't remember Australia. <laughs> so, Strictly Ballroom is good. Australia is not good. Moulin Rouge is good. Oh, I never saw Gatsby either. Oh, the Great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. So I never really made it a priority. But Moulin Rouge yeah. and Romeo and Juliet just ripped my heart out. Uh, yes, those are good. <laughs> those are great, yeah. All right. Uh, so June's, June um, is, being, is brought to this family home, and she notes that this is where she would be if she wasn't an adulteress. Like, her and Luke would just be living in one of these places. Um, and uh, I, I just noted, like, I'm surprised that Gilead is, is progressive enough to allow interracial marriage. Yeah, see, that's the thing I've noticed from the beginning. Race is not a thing. Yeah. They're not concerned about that. Interesting. Um, yeah, I know. When I, in real life, they, really, they are. <laughs> I know, but so if, like, the... the uh, there's nothing like the end of humanity to bring humanity together, I guess, but only the men. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Omar's wife, Heather, is upset and scared. June plays mm-hmm. with their son, Adam. Heather has a talk with her, says she would die before giving up her baby. And June says she used to think that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can judge all you want from your perspective, right. but you don't know what it's really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so June, uh, watches the parents get Adam ready and thinks of when she used to dress Hannah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so they go to make a quote, uh, public profession of faith, but you mm-hmm. know, June discovers the Quran. So she's, you have to, you know, put a good act on basically. Yeah. I thought that was great mm-hmm. because like you, she, somebody knocks on the door, she runs, hides under the bed and yeah. she finds something under the bed and you assume it's a gun Yeah, and you think, Oh, they're going to rise up and overtake and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, he's hiding who he really is. He's, he's not, he's not free to, that's, that's another thing that it's a, uh, what comment on today. They want freedom of religion of their religion, mm. but not the other religion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and she, yeah, she has another flashback of Hannah when she looks at toys that are left out. So the family yeah. is over three hours late, and she notes, I waited before, but not this time. <sighs> yeah, so you're torn. You're like, are, is she making a mistake? Mm-hmm. Is something going down Right. So she, to cause them to be three hours late coming home from church? Yeah, I know, right? Or, yeah, should she get out of Dodge now, or should she wait for them to come home? Oh. So she gets dressed up in Heather's clothes, which are like a standard gray garb. And walks out amongst all these other women in the same kind of clothes, past the guards, and all the way to the train. And, by the way, I looked it up, because um, I was confused. I was like, are, like, why? what's up with these wives as compared to somebody like Serena? Um, 
And these are Econo wives. Uh, I, I, you know, and I'm not sure if this is talked about in the book or what, but they're the wives of lower ranking men, like guardians. Um, they, their job is to be wife, Martha, and a fertile handmaid. Like they, they have all the jobs. Uh, uh, so yeah, June gets on a train, tries not to get the attention of the guardians. And at the last stop, she goes into the woods and then has another flashback of Hannah running through the woods. Um, and then we see a great overhead shot of her just like running through a cornfield, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, this is, this is the, boring. <laughs> you thought there was boring. I thought this was so tense. Like I'm, she's going to get caught. She's going to get caught constantly. Um, and it, the other, it kind of stretches the credibility as well. She gets a map from the house and somehow makes her way to the airport through like, the yeah, woods. that's what I was. Yeah. That's what I was confused about because he told her that he's a, like a puddle jumper. Mm-hmm. He, he's uh, flying in like contraband and yeah. stuff. I love what she says here. Uh, when she's waiting, she says, raise your daughter to be a feminist. She spends all her time waiting to be rescued by men. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, June has to has to uh, show the pilot her ear to make him trust her, and then this driver shows up and he wants to be smuggled out as well. She has another flashback of holding newborn Hannah, and then a memory of her mom and her singing "Hollaback Girl" <laughs> in a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, didn't we? Uh, like me and Morgan. We used to sing that all the time when she was six years old. <laughs> really? It, the the edited shit. version. <laughs> the edited version. I remember I ended up throw. I remember throwing that on Spotify like a year ago and thinking I don't. I don't. I don't really know this song, but I know it's kind of fun. But then all of a sudden she's like, "It's my shit. It's my shit." And my my <laughs> wife was like, "Can you turn this off?" Because <laughs> kids were in the car. I was like, "Oh, well, you know, nice. we had the censored version, but uh, it was okay. you know." At that, t- you know, the little girls and the Harajuku is really appealing to the little girls. Right. Uh, June wishes she could tell her mother that <laughs> Sadie, I, hey. I forgive you, Sadie. Sadie, I took you around the loop. I tried to run out all your energy. <laughs> it's your dad coming up the hill in his truck. It's not going to kill you. Why are you so afraid of engines? Engines scare her to death. <laughs> uh, June wishes she could tell her mother that she forgives her and then asks Hannah for her forgiveness. Oh, yeah. And so the plane is about to take off when guardians start firing on the plane. No! Oh, she was so close. <sighs> they pull the pilot out, shoot him in the head, pull the driver out who's got shot through the plane and then they mm-hmm. pull june out and she's just like dragged out screaming and yeah everybody watching is like damn it uh yeah i mean it's just it's just torturous uh-huh. it's like you you she had broken free of this sh- the shock the tort the trauma of being the handmaid all that time she'd spent all that time alone at the boston globe two months mm-hmm. uh i mean it's just it's just, what can we throw at June just to make her more miserable, like, to to, to traumatize her more? Oh, wow. Okay, so. Buckle up. <laughs> yes. We have more to talk about. Oh, uh, we have to mention this. Uh, we have a Moira plot in here. Uh, Moira, Luke, and Aaron are now all living together. Um, and she's yes. working at the center to help new arrivals. That was sweet, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
she uh yeah she was bringing in an, a new arrival and like she's still traumatized yeah. she's still she's still dealing with it yeah and then later she she has a sex with a woman in the bathroom and doesn't want to be she wants to give the pleasure must be like a and then she says her name is ruby so it must be some sort of like habit from jezebel's you know mm. she's not there for herself um so she does the walk of shame the next morning, and, and, and Silent Aaron is watching her, and she tells her to go fuck herself. <laughs> and then Aaron says, "Are you, are you something about Fruit Loops? Blessed be the no. Fruit Loops. <laughs> Blessed be the Fruit Loops. That was great." She was like, "How long have you been holding on to that one?" <laughs> I love how they just all have a laugh. You know, Luke is like laying, like he's like have a wake on the couch, on the couch listening to all this, and he's smirking too. I thought that was great. Uh, okay, other women. All right, so flashback. We meet Annie, the the other woman, <laughs> or she June's the other woman. And she asks, "Oh, Luke's wife." Yes, and she says, "Ask June to back off." They made vows before God and asked her if she ever thought of her um, when she was taking Luke in that like Luke's going to be back after he's done playing with you. And so Luke leaves. It, it, we see Luke screaming on the phone, and he it turns out he just left an angry voicemail. <laughs> Uh, and Luke, June feels guilty, but Luke promises they're going to be happy. And then we see another flashback of Luke and, um, June and Hannah, the new family together at a restaurant and Annie sees them and then walks out. So I'm thinking that Annie is the reason why June is a handmaid that, you know, she was, you know, taken for adultery, you know? Like that's that's her that's her sin. Oh, because she broke up a happy family. Yeah, so she would have been like she said in the last episode, she would have been like like Heather and Omar oh. if she wasn't an adulterer. So, um, but we never, I you know, I don't think we ever like. I mean, we see them on the run, but we never see like a, a, a guardian come to the door and be like, we, we need to take, we're looking for June Osborne. She's mm-hmm. an adulterer. We've got a report by this lady, Annie. Um, all right. So, uh, oh God, June is tagged again and then chained up like a Wyatt. And, uh, she is very, very bored. She's counting flowers on a bedspread. She's, you know, and, uh, Lydia brings her the horrible red dress and just like the, Fucking like look on June's face, like glaring at at Lydia, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, Alfred um, uh, demands to be called. June. She's like, you know my fucking name, <laughs> um, and Lydia says June's going to be chained up until giving birth and then executed. But Alfred gets to stay with the Waterfords if she's good. So mm. um, I guess out of sheer boredom, she allows herself to be taken back to the Waterford home. Home. And like I wrote down as a commentary, like this hurts, like seeing her stand in front of that goddamn house. Yeah. For her wheel to be broken. Yeah. Uh, and the, the story is uh, she was kidnapped. She was kidnapped and they rescued her, <laughs> you know, just to put put a good front on, um, you know, the Waterford home, you know. Um, yeah, it, c- it can't get out that we were uh, so... Uh, careless yeah. as to let our handmaiden uh well and we're not keeping her against her will she didn't escape right because she's here you know she's of her own her volition yeah. yeah she wants to be a handmaid i like the touch of when offered is brought before 
Serena and Fred. Serena and Fred are holding hands to show her, like, they're solid again. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to get between us. Um, and then Alfred goes up to her bedroom and freaking Serena storms in and grabs her by the neck and starts like bellowing a hot, but how it's been 92 days and just starts choking her. And June just smirks at her like, kill me. Yeah. Like kill me. Yeah. I don't care. And then June, uh, reminds her as long as my baby's safe, so is yours. Um, so Alfred takes a bath. Uh, Aunt Lydia is now... Uh, you know, constantly popping in. So she like barges into the bathroom while she's in there and tells her to scrub down there. And then June just like keeps eye contact with Lydia as she's just slowly scrubbing herself. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then we see her put a slip on him. And this is where I noticed that she's got a bit of a belly. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she's sleeping. She gets woken back up by a Lydia. Um, well, 92, 90 days, she's, you know, she's like three or four months pregnant yeah, now. Yeah, And because it's her second baby, she's showing quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, also Rita gets back the letters. She's like, was super scared about being discovered. She never like delivered them to anybody. Mm. Lydia. How hot is Rita in real life? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you see those pictures? <laughs> yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Lydia's torture continues. She's giving her now a green shake for vitamins. I don't know what it is, but offered or June, June at this point, I, I call her offered afterwards, um, pukes it all up. It's gross. And says, sorry, Aunt Lydia. Uh, so next we see Offred's having just to sit in the background as the wives celebrate a baby shower. And, um, and then she just out of nowhere mentions that the baby had her, had its first kick. Yes. And now that she's pregnant, Serena is jealous as ever mm-hmm. because she's jealous that it's not her going through it. And she's she doesn't she doesn't want Alfred to get any attention. Mm-hmm. She wants all the attention. Uh, and that's just, I love this. Like she mentions that the room goes completely silent and we see Serena and Lydia exchange a look. And Lydia just kind of like pats Alfred on the shoulder like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> uh, then we go to the garden where Suni is having a Virginia Slim. You've come a long way, baby. Uh, <laughs> and Lydia tells her to ease the tension on her side, and she's going to work on Alfred. And then she just grabs a cigarette and puts it out. Bad for the baby. <laughs> like, she actually is pregnant. Meanwhile, the patriarchy is shooting at Skeet. Um and uh, mentions there's a delegation in Canada that Fred's trying to be on. And, and he's like, hey, my house is back in order by his hand and all that. And Putnam's there trying to shoot with one hand. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so um, Alfred or June meets up with uh, Alma and Alma says that Mayday has gone silent and they're done helping handmaids. And she mentions that Offglen had her tongue cut out, which is not... Uh, um, not her fault, um, not June's fault, but, um, then mentions how all their wrists are burned, which I think she implies that that right there is your fault. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have this creepy ceremony where June and Serena are bound together. And, uh, then we go to a moment where Serena mentions that she's going to have to try hard not to let the baby get spoiled. And then June m- mentions that with her first shower, they gave away half their gifts. And Serena's angered, and Rita offers to help her, and Serena slaps her hard across the face. Yeah, it's like she wanted to hit 
June, but she hit read instead. Man, that was really hard, too. And yeah. I love how June just, like, is immediately, like, about to go at her. And Lydia's like, nope, 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 pushes her out of the room. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, and Serena runs to Fred, Swan's offered out, and Fred says, they missed so much of the pregnancy already. Think of the baby, not her. She's nothing. So Lydia, uh, brings her last part of the plan to break June, and brings her to the wall to show her Omar hanging. And, uh, Alfred, or June falls to her knees. I say this because before she's broken, she's June. But after she's broken, she's offered again. <laughs> hmm Yeah, that's when she's... Uh, made the Lord open by his hand, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. Um, Lydia says that Heather was placed as, it's been placed as a handmaid and Oliver has been given to good parents and will never see his mother again. And then mm-hmm. she says, such a selfish girl. And, uh, then she says, who killed him? Whose fault was it? And Alfred says, my fault. Uh, and she says, yeah, it just reminds me, uh, you know, I've been saying, you know, again, uh, uh, shared that CBC podcast about escaping nexium mm-hmm. and it's just they make those cults make it make turn it around to make you you're you're guilty of everything it's everything is your fault mm-hmm. and uh just reminds me of this so much june did this june- people did june did this june caused it mm-hmm. not offered offered but, was you- kidnapped offered's free of blame offered does not have to bear june's guilt and like she just breaks down and starts crying on aunt lydia's shoulder and um, she ends up being brought before everybody and says, please, let me try to be good. Thank you for everything. And we have this creepy scene where Serena climbs into bed with Alfred and talks to the baby. <laughs> Mama loves you. And she, then Alfred, like, goes to the closet and lays down. What, th- did it look like that That was all painted over? Like, I thought, like, they painted it over. Mm, I'm not sure. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And then she suits up and heads out. Nick tries to talk to her. We've been sent good weather. And then she looks in the camera blankly. We've been sent good weather. We've been sent good weather. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So he's worried about her, and he goes to she Serena? Is, she is freaking broken. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, this is that, that goes into the next episode. Um, all right, so, seeds. We have, like, 15 minutes to wrap this up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, in the colonies, the unwomen sing Cat Stevens really sadly. <laughs> I forget what song it was, but... It's so, like, sad. Uh, Janine, Emily and Janine are talking. Janine still has faith in God. They watch a couple, Fiona and Kit. Um, and Janine is sad to find out Kit is dying. Emily says, you come here, you work, you die. That's just the way it goes. And Janine takes a moment to appreciate, you know, like, the little flowers on the ground. Um, and says she feels blessed because God saved her life twice. There's got to be a reason. Um but uh, Kit collapses, and this kind of upsets Janine. Meanwhile, Emily is losing her mind because she just like lost a tooth. Like it's, it's getting bad, you know, when you start losing teeth. Um, she walks into the main area and sees uh, that Janine set up this wedding between Kit and Fiona, um, and says, and so Emily drags her out, says this place is hell, and you're covering up with flowers. We're cows being worked to death, and you're dressing up the slaughterhouse. And then Jean says, sim- uh, Janine says simply, cows don't get married. <laughs> uh, and then we have a, like a, uh, a, a burial scene of uh, Kit, and we notice the graveyard is gigantic. Mm. It looks like Arlington, that place. <laughs> like, yeah. So I just love Janine's little, you know, keeping a little light on the, the colonies, you know. 
Yeah, trying to be positive. Mm-hmm. Aunt Lydia says this, and Aunt Lydia says yeah. that. So she's she can take some things that Aunt Lydia says and not make them so horrible and, and yeah. horrific. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Afra just like in her like Stepford what Stepford handmade <laughs> days like starts burning the letters, and Nick stops her and takes them. Um, Lydia takes notes on Offred's measurements and bell movements, and uh, we find out oh the ants get to use pencils, <laughs> you know when they're doing the Lord's work and all that. Um, Lydia also is there to take stock of how Serena is behaving towards Alfred. The baby needs to live in harmonious environments. And uh, I noted here that Lydia and Serena say blessed day to each other, like Southerners say bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We get a very unflattering shot of Alfred on the toilet. And uh, there's blood, a little bit of blood. Mm. And she doesn't say anything. She hides it. I, I mean, like, is she hoping that she has a miscarriage? I think she's just hoping to die, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Janine's, and also, she's just lost her mind, too. She just feels so guilty. Like, she's just broken. Um, Janine's baby, Angela, um, or rather, Charlotte, <laughs> um, is teething. Naomi says, it's just God testing her. Uh, and Serena gets frustrated. That offer isn't saying much more than yes, Mrs. Butterfield, uh, no, Mrs. Waterford. Right. Okay. So, um, Serena, Serena. Yep. And Alfred have to go on these walks, and they have to talk. Mm-hmm. But Alfred doesn't want to talk, and uh, Serena wants to talk about how uh, Miss Putnam is just so negative about her baby. Mm-hmm. Like she's not like, she, and like I said before, like she doesn't know how to take care of it. She's no. not, it's not natural. She'd ask her husband for her hand, but she already did. And you know how that turned <laughs> out. Anyway, uh, uh, Nick is, this is when Nick is disturbed by offers behavior and asks Serena to bring her to a different kind of doctor. And Serena doesn't care. And then, uh, I bet they don't have, I bet they don't believe in psychiatry. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder if they go like go to a some sort of like religious like counselor, counselor or something. Yeah, this is how you could be better guess, serving man. <laughs> I guess that's Lydia. Aunt, I guess that's the aunt's job. Yeah, I don't know. Serena tries to chat to Fred. He doesn't care until she mentions how much Nick is concerned about Alfred. So Fred goes to Price to say, "Hey." Really think Nick doesn't belong in our house anymore. <laughs> Give him a promotion. Get him out of here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it causes the wrong reaction. Yeah. And Price is like, oh, we should find a way to keep Nick around. And um, so uh, we cut to Offred just like soaking in a bathtub full of blood. Uh, really, really uh, disturbing looking. Um, yes, because I was wondering if she had cut herself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like a suicide scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but later, uh, Rita notices Alfred stumble, and Alfred just qu- quietly says, "I'm fine." Right, but we're uh, we all they all head to what's called the Pravaganza, <laughs> which is to honor the guardians. And Serena mentions Alfred that Nick looks handsome, and then um, and then they lead out. They bring all the guardians on stage, and they bring out their brides. And Serena like smirks. At Alfred, and then we see Fred smirking too. It's like they're both like their motivations are a little different, but uh, uh, this is like let's make Alfred's time worse. 
but mm-hmm. also like let's take away this threat of Nick. Um, and uh, yeah, Offred is like we finally see Offred showing just a little bit of emotion. She's like shaken by watching having to watch like the guy she loves getting married. <laughs> And it's crazy because he doesn't even get to see what his bride looks like until they're married. Mm. And, uh, it's an arranged marriage. Yeah, and yeah, he congratulations, you just married a teenager <laughs> mm. whose name is Eden. Yeah, if you know, if things could, this is how things get worse. Mm. Now we, well, you know, that's, that's what the Bible says. You you auction off your young daughter to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. And yeah. young daughter is probably puberty age. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as she's able to have babies, get started. Mm-hmm. Why wait? Um, did you watch Sharp Objects, by the way? I tried to. It's a tough show. It's a tough show. Did you make it to, yeah. the, to the flashback with uh, Camille and Rehab kind of um, being held there with a, a roommate? Must not have, because I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Who's Camille? Okay. Camille is uh, Amy Adams. Oh, I didn't know. Um, anyway, she plays uh, the character Alice in Sharp Objects. Her The actress's name is Sydney Sweeney. Oh. But maybe people listening might enjoy that fact. <laughs> um, uh, so, anyway, uh, the Waterfords welcome Eden to their home. Serena sends Offer to the room. Husbands and wives only. Uh, um, Rita tries to chat with Offred. But uh, she slowly just walks up the stairs, and in her room we see that she's fading, and her underpants are completely soaked with blood. Mm. So Serena talks to very respectful Eden about her upcoming act. She encourages her to enjoy the intimacy. It can bring you closer together. Yeah, but is that not against the law? I I know, exactly. Like, she's being uh, a a heretic. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fred and Nick have a drink. Fred takes credit for giving this bride to him and hopes they'll be with child soon. And when Nick leaves, he finds Offred passed out in the rain. He starts screaming for help. And so Offred wakes up in a hospital bed and unbelievably the baby is still alive. And so she says to the baby, I will not let you grow up in this place. Um, They do not own you. They do not own what you'll become. I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to get us out of here. I promise you. And that's how it ends. Uh, Will she do it? Well, I mean, she was going to escape without Hannah. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, How is she going to get Hannah? How is she going to get out of there? Yeah. Uh... I mean, and I can't believe that she'll escape again. Right. <laughs> I don't know. All right. We're running out of time, folks. So I'm going to give Stephanie her teases and tell, okay. you, tell you all what we're watching next week. It's going to be four episodes. Uh, they're titled First Blood, After, Women's Work, and Smart Power. Hmm. And here are your teases. Okay, I love teases. I love teases. I love teases. The first episode ends with a huge holy crap moment. <laughs> oh god, I, I don't. I just don't know. I don't know if I can take it. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Nick gives Offred a gift that she can cherish. Uh, Moira gets some heartbreaking news in the episode that she got the Emmy for. <laughs> After all this time, you're finally going to see the funeral attire. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, why? You might be thinking, why? 
Uh, next he's Janine's prayers are answered. Although Emily doesn't agree. It's a good thing. Hmm. Uh, next Serena pays a hefty price for disobeying Fred. Um, the next tease is we get a peek into where Aunt Lydia gets her extremist views from. And the last tease is Fred and Serena go to Canada. There you go. <laughs> really? Because didn't they quickly mention that... Yeah, they're trying Can to it, do a delegation thing. So they're trying to, to... They want this to take over all of North America, all of America. Or they're just trying to get resources, you know. Okay. All right. Oh, God. Yeah. Two more weeks of pain and torture. And we'll then talk let's more do something about, fun. We'll do something after that. Words that will be fun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we'll talk to you all next week on We Don't Want to Wait. Bye. 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 His hand. Bye. <laughs>